We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody what is going on happy wednesday and welcome to the dfs pick six over here on roto grinders the week 16 edition of the dfs pick six i'm eric crane joined by rich rebar joined by john dagle reeves how we doing today buddy doing real good i mean we're a week out you know from christmas we're a week out from the season regular season ending i mean it's all all putting a bow on everything so we've got two more full weeks to get some cash in your pockets get some of that money back that you've already spent this month uh, that your wife has already spent on Friday uh, that you spent on your kids. So I mean, definitely, you know, recoup some funds. Yeah. I, uh, I gotta be honest. I haven't done my Christmas shopping yet, so I'm still gotta, it's all behind you on that. Whatever, man, you got like a Barbie uh, Jeep uh, and, uh, okay. The Barbie Jeep is awesome. Don't bash on the Barbie Jeep, but, uh, <laughs> those are, those are none of my gifts. Like I, <laughs> I know, see, look how upset my kid is right now, but, um, no, I've just gotta, I've gotta go. I'm going to the mall. Cause I hear that's what all the cool dads do. Gonna hang out. Dago shaking his head. Dago, you are all about that Amazon, right? Well, I have to say, little does Reeves know we are actually talking about how little shopping we've done so far with only a weekend ahead of us. But I still can't believe you don't just Amazon everything, man. Well, the problem is I don't know what to get anybody. Like, there are some people out there that are naturally good gift givers. And then there's me. I am a terrible, terrible gift giver. Like one year I told my wife, I was like, you're really going to like this. And I like got a nice frame and I put pictures of her dogs in there. And I'm like, oh, she'll like this. She likes her dogs a lot. And she was like, you got me a picture of my own dogs. I'm like, well, I thought I was doing Aww, that's, that. This is why Chris is ruined for you now. That's actually a heartfelt gift too. Usually the best gifts just means you know somebody. So it's something personal to them. And I know yeah, she's in the background because... I know she's in the background on the bed because I heard her talking earlier. So she gets to now hear how that was a great gift and she yelled at you for it. 
No, no, no. The earbuds are in. She can, so she can only hear my side at this point. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. That makes safe so. Yeah, but you're right. It was a great gift that I definitely agree with your Dagle. Uh, Reeves, all your Christmas shopping done, buddy? Yeah, man. We, we, we've we been good. I mean, my wife stays on top of everything. I just, you know, let her spend what she needs. And, uh, you know, I, I take care of her on my own. That's all I got to worry about. It, that's not easy to do, though. Like, the whole taking care on your own. That is... Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how people do it. There are people out there. That I'm. Are- I'm in the game. I mean, this is. Uh, this earlier this month was our my thir- our thirteenth anniversary. So I mean, we're 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 way in the game here. We're, we're we know what to do. See, I'm going to explain to you how we treat our anniversaries. All right, are you ready for this? We had our Listen. five. We had our five year anniversary um, earlier this year, and do you know what we did for our five year anniversary? We said, probably oh, watch a blues game or something. No, we said, oh, hey, it's our anniversary. Neither of us even realized it. it was, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it right there. That but just means know. every day is your anniversary. You're living it on point that, uh, you know, you guys are pre- – every day is that, that special magic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> All right, before we uh, – She can't we hear, get, so it's okay. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> before we get into the slate – want to let you guys know that we're rolling out a new price on the college football package for the bowl games. College football bowl package. $40 for all the content through the national championship. You get full projection, you get full access to projections and lineup HQ, expert rankings, survey, tags, and Discord chat access. The bowl games start on Friday. So go ahead and get the package today. You ain't going to regret it because I'm going to tell you something. That college football package has made me a little bit of money, and I know – with NFL winding down, there are going to be people firing DFS for the college football things, and uh, you get in one of that package, you're going to be doing pretty darn well. Also, want to give a shout out to the new Roto Grinders members who are rocking the rocking the RB bat, RG badge. We got Pittsburgh Madman Leo Dury, J Ram seven six zero nine one, Monster Man twelve, WTX Heat. That is not Kevin Roth's burner account, and Red Dirt Brett. So thanks for rocking the Rotor Grinders badge. We very much appreciate it. So, Dago, we're sitting here. Week 16's coming up. Are you sad to see it in? Uh, professionally, sure. But otherwise, I got to tell you, it's pretty great when we get pretty close here. I am actually excited because I start thinking about, you know, how much more efficient I could have been in these slates. Uh, <laughs> I, sh- I should have attacked more, you know, single entries and played the cash line up here and there or whatnot. But um, at least that's, we have two more weeks to recover because we have t- at least two slates for the next two weeks, one on Saturday if you just want to play that one and one main one on Sunday. But also you add in everything else you can do between showdowns on Saturday evening, showdowns on Saturday afternoon, plus your usual Saturday through Mondays. So uh, there are a lot of ways to still get it in these next two weeks, and that's what I'm excited about. I'm pretty sure Daigle just like was twitching when he was talking about all the different slates he could play. Like he genuinely looked really excited. We got to make it up for not playing Barkley like a donkey last week, Eric. So we got to bounce back. We'll make it work. We'll, we'll pick it up. Reeves, are you excited for week 16? You ready to wrap this season up nice and tight? Yeah, I like this. Like, we have like a secondary Thanksgiving slate and it's with actual like teams that can play offense outside of the middle game, you know, with the Patriots and Bills. Uh, whereas, you know, Thanksgiving game, we're always saddled with the Lions. You know, we usually get the Bears or someone involved. That's what we had this year with David Blau. Uh, you know, we always get Blau the Cowboys. Blau it up, versus- though. 
He Miles did. He was good. He was good, man, on Thanksgiving. That was the only time he was good, the first quarter of that Thanksgiving <laughs> game. But uh, he got there that game. was a was a nice uh, was a nice pivot that we got late. But, you know, this is a, the, the first game is real fun. We'll talk about the Saturday games. we got this slate uh, that's like a mini Thanksgiving slate, you know, wedged in. If you want to play just Saturday, you want to – this is the only time – only on these slates is, do I max enter stuff. Like, I know that's your game. Uh, but, the, come, you know, come I'm, on down, I'm – I'm typically like a three max tournament guy uh, on the main, on the big slates, but these these types of slates I do max center and you know you go and script some lineups for. So that's always fun. And these are and there's like I said, there's fun players involved in these games on Saturday as opposed to Thanksgiving. So we've got that. And then the main slate looks good too. It it, it got kind of ruined by this DeAndre Washington news, uh, but we'll talk about that later too. Yeah, of course. So we're gonna get into obviously three games. We're gonna talk Saturday slate. We're gonna talk our favorite quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. We're bringing you guys the full shebang here. We ain't messing around on the pick six this week. So let's go ahead and kick it off with a game that only fantasy players could love. It's the Bengals at the Dolphins. It's a 46.5-point total. Miami one-point favorite. And, Dago, were you happy that this game was on the show sheet? Because I have a feeling that you and Reeves were, like, texting it, I don't know, whatever ungodly hour you guys wake up at, like, you know, 6 a.m. or something, be like, God, I just want to talk Bengals and Dolphins. So, Dagle, are you pumped? I can't believe you actually didn't put the Cardinals and Seahawks on there. The one time we uh, don't yell about having the Cardinals, the Cardinals weren't on the list. But I'm still glad you put this one on there because there are a, a lot of fantasy implications in this one terrible game. It's going to take two offenses carrying their weight, which pretty much means does the Bengals offense travel? Uh, does the Bengals offense show up whatsoever? But – we know pretty much the highest player. Let's just start with the backfield because we know the highest owned player, highest rostered player in this entire slate is likely going to be Joe Mixon because he's far too cheap for someone who has gotten an abundance of carries since Andy Dalton in particular. And it goes beyond this, but since they put Andy Dalton back under center, he's out carried Gio Bernard 67 to 10. And he's done, he's averaged 141 yards the past two games, and he's done that in much tougher matchups than this one in particular. This one that led us to play uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, led most of us to play Saquon Barkley just last week. So I imagine that we this slate starts and begins with Joe Mixon. Yeah, and it's a little bit uncomfortable because, Reeves, you and I talked a lot earlier in the year about how we wanted to like Joe Mixon. We just can't like it. But now all of a sudden, he's getting 25 carries a game. The matchup is great. When you're playing the Dolphins, that fact that your offensive line sucks, it doesn't really matter. So, I mean, Mixon's just one of those guys that I know he's going to be popular. I'm more likely to be way overweight on the field, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to get away from. I mean, he's, you talk about that stretch. I mean, he's faced three top ten rush defenses in terms of rushing fantasy points allowed per game and the Jets, the Steelers, and the Patriots, and he's gotten over, you know, in all those spots. So, you know, running into a soft matchup like the Dolphins, you know, who let, let the re reemergence of Saquon Barkley, you know, occur last week, he's going to be hard to get away from, and he's priced accordingly because he's been so mediocre all year. Um, but, yeah, since since the bye week, I mean, he's second in the NFL in touches behind Christian McCaffrey, second in yards from scrimmage, uh, third in yards from scrimmage per game because Derrick Henry – has a buy mixed in there, um. So yeah, he'll he'll be a little chalky, but I mean, he's a running back get with a ton of volume. That's a that's a three down back at two hundred twenty pounds. Like it's it's he's just hard to get away from. Uh, but yeah, this is a fun game. I'm glad you finally mixed the Dolphins in, and we got a Dolphins game to talk about because you know since Fitzpatrick took back over, six of their nine games have gone over the game total. Their games have 
averaged 50.4 combined points per game. This might be a chance for the Bengals to finally, finally break out of. They're the only team in the NFL that hasn't scored more than two touchdowns in a game yet this year. So they might be able to finally do it. This They might. I don't want to say it's for sure, but they might. If there's going to be a spot, it's this one. Uh, but they're also going to have another really chalky player on the Bengals side, and that's Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's the wide receiver 32 on DK pricing, the wide receiver 37 on FanDuel pricing. Uh, he leads the team with 23 targets since uh, Andy Dalton took over. It's 21% of the team share. Uh, the Dolphins have a lot of the most touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. They're 30th in points per game allowed to opposing wide receiver ones. They've lost everyone in their secondary. Last week, they lost two more starters. They had to sign Lindell Stevens off the Seahawks practice squad and Nate Brooks off person. the uh, – no, Nate, yeah, Nate, Nate Brooks either. Nate Brooks isn't really no, – they signed no, him they, off that. The Patriots practice squad, they played their first snaps of the season, the entire season last week, you know, and the Giants receivers got over on them. The one corner that they have still playing that they've had all year, Jamal Wiltz, is ranks 107th out of 124 cornerbacks in passing grade at Pro Football Focus. He's 114th in quarterback rating allowed in coverage. He primarily plays in the slot where Tyler Boyd's going to be. Uh, so, I mean, th- those two Bengals are going to be chalky, uh, and if there's ever going to be a Bengals chalk week, it's going to be week 16, baby. Oh, that is just that, – that really just wraps up this season in a bow for me <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And on the Dolphins' side, I mean, it sounds like – you know, everybody wanted Patrick Laird to be a thing. He was getting touches. But, Dago, it's starting to look like it's Miles Gaskin's backfield. I don't know if it's so much Miles Gaskin's backfield as it is everyone's backfield because Patrick Laird did have a chance. He missed a couple blicks pickups. He had a couple drops in that game. And then Gaskin came on the field late, and he had two 20-plus yard plays, one run and one catch. He just looked better. I don't think that means, though, he gets the Laird spot from the week before in which Laird played 80% of the snaps. I just think that means it's probably a timeshare. Because remember, Laird was a, a receiving back out of Cal anyway, so the targets will likely still be there for Laird despite the drops. But if anything, it's probably just a timeshare, which makes us avoid both as opposed to targeting one or the other. Listen, let's run that spade check. Laird just couldn't live up to the insurmountable pressure of playing in front of Pete Overzet and Davis Maddock. <laughs> that is, that is a, tough, uh, that's a tough hurdle to overcome. That's, I don't uh, even know where they got Laird jerseys. That, the, that was the most amazing part. <laughs> well, Davis showed up in the Praise the Laird shirt. Of course and then he did. Pete showed up in the... <laughs> It's just amazing. I, there are very few things that surprise me nowadays, but the fact that Patrick Laird's season spiraled into those two guys getting sideline passes at the Dolphins game has to be up there with the what the hell is going on. And of course, when I also say what yeah. the hell is going on, it's really easy to figure out what's going on with the Dolphins passing attack, Dagle, because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's Devontae Parker, and then it's nobody else. So it's pretty simple to figure out from a passing standpoint. Uh, I'll let Reeves dive into Devontae Parker because I think that's the easy one. I think there's sneaky, and by the way, this is this is the ugly GPP play here. This is the, I called it the Dirty Daigle, but someone in the chat on my happy birthday plus one mentioned it should be called the Daigleberry since that's the angry Matthew Berry tweet. Um, so the Daigleberry, I would say, is Albert Wilson because for so long, after the Dolphins signed him, we had, we have been waiting for Albert Wilson to get healthy. And there's no guarantees healthy just yet, but I think it took 15 weeks to get there because last week, quietly, 
against the Giants. A season-high 88% of their snaps. A season-high eight targets. He forced six missed tackles on five touches. And remember, he led the league his final year in Kansas City and next-gen stats average yards of separation because he runs himself open. And he was last week's number 13 receiver among the entire league in that particular category. Uh, it's important for the Dolphins, and I, I still I still like some of the Bengals' chalky pieces, don't get me wrong, but it's also, while they're trying, it's important for the Bengals to lose this game because they do clinch the number one overall pick and essentially get Joe Burrow for their future if they lose this contest. So I love Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, even in season long, is like a top 10 option. Somehow we got there in his fifth-year breakout. But I still think Albert Wilson is a, a tremendous like 2% play. Hey, I don't hate it. I'm willing to roll the dice on a guy like that. Why not? Uh, Reeves, are you going to be loading up on Devontae Parker this week? Because it's tough not to like the matchup. Yeah, I think uh, early builds, it's just, you know, in some game stacks, you know, just because the price has gone up a little bit. But it's, yeah, it's it's easy to like. I mean, you know, it's interesting about the Bengals is they, from a raw point stance, they don't give up a lot of points to wide receivers. And it's just because nobody has to throw on them. I mean, they've trailed for 72% of their snaps this season. It's the highest rate in the NFL. And as a byproduct of that, they face the second fewest pass attempts in the NFL. And as a byproduct of that, they face the second fewest targets to opposing wide receivers. But despite facing the second fewest targets to opposing wide receivers they're 23rd in fantasy points allowed per target and 28th in yards per target allowed to opposing wide receivers and they give up chunk plays 21.9 percent of the completions allowed by the Bengals have gone for 20 or more yards that's 31st in the league uh, and Devontae Parker is fourth in the NFL in terms of fantasy points generated on targets 15 yards or further downfield you know with those Fitz Yolo balls uh, that's where they go up to they go up to Devontae Parker so it's kind of a matchup that has some synergy to him uh, now I will say the past three weeks the the bank we haven't really been hitting on the Bengals. I mean, they nuke Sam Darnold. Baker was terrible against them. Uh, whatever the Patriots are doing uh, continued to not work uh, against the Bengals last week. <laughs> All uh, the trick plays, baby. Um, you know that man. That's rough. When Brady's you know throwing for a buck twenty eight against the Bengals. I mean, we we fell on some trying on thirty one drawbacks too. Jesus. I mean, it's. It's it's rough in them streets. I know a lot of people keep just waiting for like this, like the, the Patriots to eventually say, "Well, see, you know, it finally came together for them." But man, I don't know. We might be waiting this year. Uh, but watch them get in the playoffs and like end up playing someone like Pittsburgh in the second round and only having to score like sixteen points to win a playoff game or something. But uh, you know, the, I digress back to the Bengals. Uh, the one area where they do struggle though is they are thirty second in rushing points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. And even if you take away the two Lamar Jackson games remember Lamar probably had the greatest the best play of the season uh you know that that long Konami run against them uh but they've allowed four and a half or more fantasy rushing points to Josh Allen Gardner Minshew Derek Carr Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Ryan Fitzpatrick's having 4.2 rushing points per game for fantasy since he took back over as the starter so there's a little bit of that Ryan Fitzpatrick Konami juice still you know in play that guys like Darnold you know and Brady couldn't offer uh, so, I mean, he's kind of in play, too, if you're looking to game stack this up. Uh, because, like I told you guys, I've been betting Dolphins overs like crazy, and uh, we're still living. We're still living here. We're, we're, st- we're still here. Still rocking <laughs> Christmas sweater. Uh, another, another GPP play, I'm curious to get Reef's take on it. So, was the 13 personnel using the three tight ends for the Bengals last week, was that just to bolster their run game out of game script? Or... Does that continue because that would kind of solve our John Ross problems if we want to go that direction? It's never a good week to be John Ross week, but I do wonder if his snaps were scaled back because of game script or because of that personnel. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have no idea if it was just game plan to, you know, combat the Patriots or just because they figured they weren't going to be able to throw, their receivers weren't going to get open anyway. Which is a good assumption, too, by the way. <laughs> right, and it didn't happen, even though, they, you know, Dalton still tried to throw at Stephon Gilmore <laughs> repeatedly, and it did not work. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I would say that, you know, obviously, John Ross still played behind Alex Erickson, so, I mean, it's he's still more of just a GPP dart. So, I mean, if he's just a GPP dart, then, you know, we're only shooting for one outcome anyways. Sure. All right, let's move on to the Saints at the Titans, a 15.5-point total. The Saints, three-point favorites on the road. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people saw this Titans team playing meaningful games in December, but here we are. They get a big-time matchup against the Saints. Reeves, I'm going to start with you and start with the Saints side because, as always with the Saints, it's easy to play Michael Thomas. It's easy to play Drew Brees. But it's Alvin Kamara that's been disappointing people for a month now. What is the hell is going on with Kamara, and can we play him this week? I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of pulling factors that are going on for Alvin Kamara. I mean, obviously the, the most obvious one is that he got injured earlier in the season. Uh, you know, since returning, he is now 16th in elusive rating. He's forced to miss tackle on 14 of just 106 touches. That's 13% of his touches. Prior to that, the first six weeks of the season, he was second in elusive rating. He forced the miss tackle on 38 of 119 touches. That's 31.9% of his touches. Uh, the second thing is that the Saints have really just kind of found regression in scoring. You know, the past two years, they had a 55% of their touchdowns came from passing and 50%. This year, it's at 79%. It's the third highest rate in the league. They have 30 passing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns. That regression found him. And then tied into his injury, you know, his own regression, Carr's own regression finally caught up to him. He was a guy that 50% of his career rushing touchdowns coming into the season were over, you know, six yards or further. Whereas, you know, 60% of the NFL rushing touchdowns come from five yards and in, 63% and 44% come from the one and two yard line. So he was wasn't gener- he's not generating these longer touchdown runs either. So there's a lot of, you know, pulling things that kind of, you know, factored into Kamara's regression. But this is a guy still averaging 17.7 touches and a six games back from the lineup. He's still in a PPR format. It's had 12 or more fantasy points in all six of those games. He's just lacked that true RB1 upside because you're not getting the explosive plays. You're not getting the money plays, uh, the touchdowns uh, from him. So, I mean, that's kind of what is kind of limited and limited a ceiling. He is pretty cheap. I think it's still hard to go back to him um, because just we've had some running back value open up, uh, you know, on, on the slate, you know, especially today. Uh, so, I mean, he's tough to go back to. I think like definitely more in seasonal leagues, like if you somehow survive and you're playing, like you're just still trotting him out there because he's got a, an okay floor, but you just lack those explosive plays I will say for the Saints the one thing that's interesting for them in this Drew Brees scenario is it's like the way Drew Brees's injury has kind of played out he's only played two road games so far this year and he's only played one game outdoors so far this season and we know Drew Brees has always had these low long running you know home road you know bugaboos and outdoor bugaboos so this will only be his second game outdoors and his first two games on the road this season he only threw for 228 yards six and a half yards per attempt now he did have three touchdowns in that game and he threw for 184 yards and 6.1 yards per attempt in the other game on the road other than that all his games inside the course field the NFL he's, he's thrown for 287 or more yards in all those games uh so i mean it's gonna be an interesting uh dynamic with him going on the road to tennessee the matchup's not hard i mean the titans are on 18.7 fantasy points per game the opposing quarterbacks over the past eight games but you know drew Brees is kind of like always giving us one clunker in the fantasy playoffs like every year <laughs> uh and you know over the past six years in week 16 he's only been a qb1 once so, I mean, I hope that, that this isn't the spot because he's been really hot the past few weeks, but he's kind of been one of these spots on the road, week 16. You know, is this going to be one of these spots where he lets down for us? 
Yeah, where it's really cold outside. I don't know, Dagle. Like, I still want to play him. Obviously, I'm still going to play Michael Thomas because you just play Michael Thomas every single week. But like, what do you think about this Saints side? I don't think Michael Thomas is affected by the Drew Brees fade anyhow. Like, I, I came into this show wanting to full on fade Brees this weekend, especially after that tremendous performance at home. Uh, now that he's outdoors, 6.4 yards per attempt outdoors this year. And as Reeb said, uh, it's kind of the perfect spot now, especially with the Titans getting back Adore Jackson, their number one corner this upcoming weekend. Um, the only way, I mean, outside of Michael Thomas, though, like I said, it just comes down to your build. Uh, he won't let you down no matter what. So you just have to look at the salary and go around that, whatever the case. You know he's going to get there. An interesting one, though, for me is still Alvin Kamara. And it just seems like he's never going to score a touchdown again. Hasn't scored since week three. I know he continues to drive a lot of us completely mad week in and week out, even in showdown slates. Doesn't get there. And I think it has something to do with the ankle injury, honestly, because he's now played six games to start the year before suffering that high ankle sprain. And uh, he was number 11 among all running backs in yards per contact after attempt. He broke 38 tackles on 125 touches. And since he returned, though, in week 10, um, sat out the bye week, came back with a team, 39th in yards per contact after attempt. And he's broken just 14 tackles on 104 touches in that span. It's like the juice just isn't there anymore. And while that's terrific buy low opportunity for us this offseason in best ball leagues, uh, right now, it's really just you would have to pay for the high floor targets. And that's about all you're going to get, especially because Taysom Hill is taking away targets as well. Taysom freaking Hill, man. Big T. Do you remember that segment where Daigle just said all the stats I just said about Alvin Kamara? Did you really just say all that? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My bad. Did not mean to do that. Did not mean to. Hey, don't worry, guys. I was watching basketball anyways. I don't know what you said. Uh, well, well I'm, glad we had, I'm glad we had multiple points. I, I actually I saw the Trump got impeached, and so like my brain is kind of going all over the place right now. But, <laughs> but, but I'm sorry, Reeves. Didn't mean to take that. If that's shocking you, Dagle, then you really haven't been paying attention for the last <laughs> That's all that's been on the news for the last month. All right, anyways, on the Titans side, A.J. Brown, he's been crushing it in some really good matchups. Reeves, this week he's likely to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. I'm a little bit skeptical to pay 7K for A.J. Brown in this matchup. He's been doing it, and he's been great, but he's been doing it against bad defenses. What do you think about A.J. Brown this week? Yeah, I mean, this would be a spot to kind of, you know, pinpoint. I mean, if this game does end up letting down and doesn't get, you know, over, if you know, if we don't get – we get road breeze and we don't get that back-and-forth shootout – um, he's still tough. He's really good. I mean, he's so good after the catch. I mean, you know, he leads the NFL and all wide receivers, you know, yards after the catch. Uh, I'm sorry, he's fifth in yards after the catch on the season, but uh, he's got 28 or fewer receptions than anyone, anyone else above him. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of, you know, a, a spot where if he had the volume, he'd probably be first. The one guy that's similar to A.J. Brown that the Saints did face, though, is Debo Samuel. And he had five for 76 and eight targets, you know, kind of a, a similar build, you know, a yak machine, you know. So, I mean, yeah, I think he could still get over and still be productive. They also had Janoris Jenkins and who a lot of people probably, you know, just think that he had because he had the giant stink on him. And also Janoris Jenkins, he's also one of those guys like Marcus Peters, like he's he gives up big games sometimes. So people kind of, you know, acknowledge that. But since week five. He's had the third best quarterback rating allowed in coverage behind Stephon Gilmore and Richard Sherman. So adding him is a big deal as well to the secondary. 
Um, it just it does feel like a spot where it's probably more of a letdown. They have a lot a lot of big games to opposing wide receivers though recently, and that's with Marshawn Lattimore even on the field. I mean, Calvin Ridley had eight for ninety one when he was the only show in town. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had seven for one fifty seven. DJ Moore had six for one sixty two and two. Uh, again, you know, over the past four weeks, I mean, there's there's still upside there. Uh, I'm not. He's not going to be a week where I use him in cash like it was last week. Uh, so I mean, I'll, I'll avoid that this this week. Uh, but yeah, it does feel like a spot where it's okay to come under on him. What about you, Degler? You like me and Reeves? You're just want to saying, you know, seven K for a guy in a tough matchup. I don't know if I want to do it. Where are you at on AJ Brown? Given his salary came up, and I'm not going to say the same thing as Reeves this time. Uh, given his salary came up, yeah, that's that's a really tricky one. I for me, the Titans especially if we think that it's going to be a Drew Brees somewhat collapse game, like that would then entail you play Derrick Henry. But man, even last week, uh, and his salary has come down quite a bit. Um, it came down 8,800 on DraftKings in particular. The thing is, though, it's just like one target last week. He's just not using the passing game whatsoever, despite the fact he can get a full steam ahead on one single screenplay and run everyone over for 80 yards. So uh, even though his salary came down, even though game script would entail that it is a Henry game, he obviously still needs two touchdowns to, to return value. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. He's going to get two touchdowns. Like, the, <laughs> Derek Henry just- saw. We talked about it last week. I mean, it, it made no sense that he kept hitting for his salary, and eventually yeah. you're going to have a game where he didn't score a touchdown. He didn't even play bad. I mean, he had, what, a little under – he had about 89 80, yards. 80-something yards, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he didn't play – but you finally saw what the floor is when he doesn't reach the end zone because he doesn't catch any passes. You know, now he's facing a team that hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 36 straight games – uh, you know, he's a guy that could break it. I mean, they're not going to go away. They don't care how good your run defense is. Like, they're going to keep giving him the ball. So, I mean, he's going to get it. But we talked about it, the, the floor, the un, un floor that we haven't seen for a couple months from him finally reappeared last week. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't see it again this week because, like I said, I'm going to be playing him. All right, let's go on to Dallas at Philly. 46 and a half point total. The Cowboys, the broken Cowboys, one and a half point favorites on the road at Philadelphia. And this is one of those games where – if you're like a real-life football fan, you're going to be watching this game. Playoff implications here. Dale, from a fantasy standpoint, we've got Zeke in a matchup that he has historically crushed. We've got Dak Prescott. He's a little bit banged up. Amari Cooper coming off a bunch of really bad matchups. Now he gets a phenomenal matchup against Philadelphia. I think this game has the potential for a lot of offensive fireworks. Where do you stand on this one, Dagle? I'm glad you feel that way because I was going to ask you how you feel because I, I don't know if I can put my finger on the pulse of the Cowboys whatsoever the rest of the season. I, I don't understand what this team is. Uh, the good news for Zeke, however, not only did that Rams performance honestly look like the best he had looked all year long, but 12 of Tony Pollard's 14 touches, because Tony Pollard went over 100 yards for the second time this year as well, 12 of his 14 touches came in the second half when the team was already up 31-7. to uh, this is Zeke's backfield. So if it is going to be a competitive divisional battle, and as we know, Zeke has historically owned the Eagles more than any other team, then obviously at his salary, uh, it's a tremendous buy. Um, and I would think that this game is competitive because at the very least, the Eagles have found somewhat spry players in Greg Ward and Boston Scott, as opposed to running out Nelson Aguilar and uh, trying to get around with only Miles Sanders in their backfield. Yeah, so, I mean, I think there's some fantasy goodness here. I'm glad, like, you sound like you're starting to come around to my side. Reeves, where are you at on this game? 
Uh, I'm mixed only because I think the Eagles are really bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, 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 they lost to the Dolphins. Then the following week, they had to go to overtime to beat the Giants. And then they needed a game-winning drive to beat the Washington Redskins last week. I know they ended up winning that game by 10, but it's only because they got a touchdown on that fumble, you know, the pitch back from Haskins on the, the last play of the game. Uh, they just don't have the firepower, man. I mean, uh, uh, Miles Sanders has been nice, uh, especially at the big breakout last week, 172 total yards. Uh, it was He was the first Eagles 100-yard rusher since like, Garrett Blunt in week four of uh, 2017. Wow. Uh, so that was that was kind of fun. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy, he's got splash play juice, but he also has had, he's shown little floors for us too. It's not like We've had Miles Sanders locked in as an RB1. Last week was the first week like he really popped. I mean, he was in a great spot the week before against the Giants. Kind of came out of the game, you know, was dehydrated, was solid against the Dolphins. You know, his price has gone up, and we can't really, uh, you know, uh, use him. And then the Cowboys are a way worse matchup than what he's had the past three weeks. I mean, they're 10th in yards per carry allowed to running backs. They're 10th in yards from scrimmage allowed to running backs. I mean, he's a solid RB2, and he has upside. But, you know, he's more, like I said, we can't just lean on him and cash. Once, like I said, has gotten there the past three weeks, but he's needed some like catch up mode and against really bad defenses the Cowboys like I said are we talked about it with golf a little bit last week where the Cowboys they're very bad against mobile quarterbacks but pretty good against stationary quarterbacks and golf struggled golf got all his points and just when it didn't matter uh he was awful that entire game so I just wonder if it's a game where they where Wentz can you know really get over he was terrible the first time these teams played and that's when the Eagles were a lot healthier um so, I mean, it's just really tough for me to really latch on to him. And even Zach Ertz, who's had double-digit targets in his past five games with Alshon Jeffrey out, uh, we kind of seen last week when he's the only show, like teams can still just kind of just focus on him. No one's – I mean, Greg Ward's a nice story, but, like, Greg Ward is, like, mini D.D. Westbrook. Like, he's going to hit you for, like, six for 50. Like, that, that guy's not scaring anybody. So, you saw Washington just shifted everyone to Ertz uh, and took him out in the second half of that game, and the Eagles really struggled to that final drive. Uh, you know, offensively. So, I mean, uh, it, it's really tough to really get excited about the Eagles side. I'm really having a hard time about it. And, like, uh, Dallas Goddard just hasn't popped either the way we wanted him to. He's just been, like, all right. Dude, we and keep wanting Dallas Goddard to happen, and it's just not happening. <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty much just touchdown or bust is what it has become. He's on the field. Uh, but that's why I get worried about running it back as well because we have this Dak Prescott injury that's come up now, supposedly an AC joint. Um, was limited for the first time in his career today. It's a must-win game, so I would say he's definitely going to play. But how limited will he be? And that's apparently the reason why he only had, I think it was, what, 23 pass attempts against the Rams? Not only were they running successfully, but he apparently just couldn't throw the ball, is what he supposedly told Amari Cooper. Um, but that's And that's what's funny, because that's how you attack this Eagles defense. Uh, their last five games in general, at least 28 fantasy points allowed to wide receivers in particular. And their last three games, 55.5 to the Giant, to the Dolphins, 45.1 to the Giants, and then 46.7 allowed to Washington, Terry McLaurin in particular. So you would think it's a Amari Cooper or even more so Michael Gallup game. But at the same time, like we have to wait and see on injuries. Can you really trust Dak right now in this offense? Yeah, it's terrifying. You know, I mean, just season-long talk. I'm sitting here, one of my season-long leagues, and I'm in the title game, and I've got Dak as my quarterback. And I go, the hell do I do? I think I'm just going to play James mm-hmm. instead. But, uh, yeah, it's a really awkward yeah. situation. But, honestly, if Dak ends up being healthy, I am going to be all over Amari Cooper this week. I love me some Amari this week. Let's talk about this Saturday slate really quick because we give the people what they want. We know that they're going to be out there playing this Saturday slate. Little three-game slates are the best, man, especially with the big prize pools. That's a good time. and. 
Reeves, I know you said you're multi-entering this bad boy. That's what you said. So are we loading up on this Houston-Tampa Bay game? Because I got to be honest, man, the quarterbacks in Buffalo, New England, Jared Goff, no thanks, Jimmy Garoppolo, eh, it's going to be nearly impossible for me to play a quarterback outside of Deshaun Watson or James Winston. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the the juicy game. I mean, Tampa Bay home games have averaged a combined fifty nine point two points. That's the most in the NFL. Uh, they their games go over a lot. I mean, they, they, their games have gone over more than any other teams in the NFL. So, I mean, that's a game we want to circle. The Bucks side, they're starting to pick it, pick up injuries. Like we talked about the Eagles. I mean, everyone everyone is out. But I mean, we saw Jameis even when Godwin left the game last week. Jameis was six of nine for 90 yards and a touchdown. And that was in a game that was already put away. So, I mean, they're going to wing it still. They're going to throw it around. And Houston doesn't really have the horses in the secondary to really guard much of anybody. Uh, definitely not, you know, uh, Rashad Perriman and Justin Watson, uh, you know, oh my goodness. And then, you know, OJ Howard is involved yeah, uh, as well. The week. Otarius Jabari. I mean, he's run a pa- dude. Otarius Jabari's run a pass route on sixty-seven point nine percent of Winston's dropbacks the past three weeks. You know, one hundred eighty yards, caught thirteen of nineteen targets. He's coming off a season high eight targets last week. I mean, Houston's twenty-third in points per target allowed to tight ends, twenty-fifth in yards per target. Could be the time. Could be the time. Rashad Perryman scares me a little bit, especially with the price bump. Uh, the matchup's good. I think if I had him in a season long, I'm definitely playing him there. But he still had just the six targets. If you're going to count on me to get three touchdowns out of Rashad Perryman on six targets weekly, uh, I'm going to I'm going to bang the under on that. But the matchup's good. I just uh, like I said, I, I think that the counting on that you know type of efficiency from Rashad Perryman. Uh, how funny is it though that Rashad Perryman had more touchdowns last week than Odell Beckham does this season? <laughs> That's amazing. Right. And you know what? For that <laughs> reason, I cannot wait to fade Rashad Perryman this week because if you're telling me on a three-game slate, I mean, how popular is he going to be? Probably what thirty. 35% at least. And we're looking at a guy here, again, he couldn't play wide receiver for the Ravens when they had nobody. I mean, this is a dude that's just been a throwaway in so many different situations. And now they want me to pay 6K for him. Dagle, I ain't doing it, man. I'm not doing it. I'll play OJ. I'll play Cameron Bright. I'll play Ishmael Hyman, which, again, not a real name. I don't care who tells me it is. Even like, though he's probably going to end up in a few lineups. Yeah, he's not a oh, real he's person. Oh, he's 100% in yeah. a few lineups and uh, – yeah, still not sure he's real, but yeah, I mean, I'm not playing Perriman, Daigle. I I agree. Uh, I mean, cash games will probably have to go there, obviously, but tournaments, it just reminds me of Cooper's Thanksgiving game where we knew everyone was flocking to him in particular, and honestly, you didn't need him to take down that slate. I mean, really, all you needed to do was talk to Big T beforehand, and he would have told you to play Taysom Effing Hill, and you could have took down everything, but... It just very much seems like that's where the ownership's going to go, and thus you don't need to go there as well, um, especially with O.J. Howard and Cameron Bright likely being involved. It's That game is just interesting, though, just because I was looking, and honestly, like, unless someone has a hot Garoppolo take, I don't know how you get there at quarterback unless you play one of those two. There's really no, like it, no, there's no pivot. This is really simple, guys. Like you, you're not playing Noodle Arm Brady. You're not playing Josh Allen against the Pats, where his Thanks, best yeah. receiver is going to be shadowed by Stephon Gilmore, or you're not going to be playing Jared Goff on the road in a tough matchup where he's going to be pressured, and you're not playing Jimmy Garoppolo, who's going to throw 25 passes. Like this is process of elimination. You're playing the guys from this game. Now, to me, the quarterback's simple. The wide receivers, you can go a lot of different directions. Reeves, when I look at the running backs on this slate. Typically, we look at running backs, and we've got we usually have some studs. 
This ain't the slate for that. We're looking at guys like James White, a little Devin Singletary, Raheem Mostart, uh, Todd Gurley maybe. Like, Reeves, the running backs on this slate are ugly, and I feel like if you're going to take down one of these tournaments, you're going to have to find that random running back who gets you 10 points for minimum price. Yeah, you're probably going to watch it probably to be one of those Bucks guys or like if the game script oh. over hand, it'll be our oh, guy. Ogun, Ogun 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 Ogun. Yeah, that's the week. You, He's you're the crazy. James White pivot. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm just saying they're out of wide receivers. They've already come out and they said that they're going to be thrown to the running backs more often. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, especially if they, get, if they end up struggling and they're playing from behind. I mean, he's the guy that plays all the passing the downworks. If, you know, if Houston comes out, gets ahead, and, you know, they're just winging it all around, he's going to be the guy playing. Uh, I mean, there's the – other, the other guys are interesting. It's just like you said, there's no ceiling guys. They're all pedestrian plays. I mean, Devin Singletary's been really good. I mean, he's had two tough matchups the past weeks. He had 118 total yards against the Ravens, 89 yards against the Steelers last week. The problem is, is that the guy just doesn't – get scoring chances because their goal line back is their quarterback and they still bring in Frank Gore in that area of the field, even though he keeps getting stonewalled every time they bring him in and give him a goal line carry. So he just really hasn't had that, those scoring opportunities. Um, the Patriots backs, I mean, good luck. I mean, what do we want to do uh, with those guys? I mean, you could say it's a James White type of, you know, game. He's had two good games against the Bills over the past few years. Earlier in the season, eight for 57. Last year, he had 10 catches in a game against them. Uh, and then you talk about the 49ers backfield, and the 49ers backfield is similar to kind of what we talked about, even with the Bucks. Like, Mostert's been getting the most snaps and touches, but his overall touches aren't like anything that gets you excited. He's been getting in the end zone. He scored in four consecutive games, but, you know, 12 to 15 touches, you know, 12 touches two weeks ago, 15 touches last week. It's, you're not get, getting a high volume touches because we know that to some degree, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida still are playing snaps. This is um, the Tevin Coleman week, isn't it? I mean, there's never been a Tevin Coleman week except for the one we weren't on it. Every other week that we wanted him to be. <laughs> I'm talking about like back you know? when he was with the Falcons and he was Tevin Trollman. Like, that's oh. what this feels like to me. Like, he comes in where everybody plays most certain. Tevin Coleman scores like 20 DK and wins the slate. But you're right. No, it is it is mixed. Frank Gore is an interesting one, too, just because, like, I mean, you know what Frank Gore is. He's not, I shouldn't say interesting. That's the wrong word for it. But, like, Frank Gore, <laughs> Frank Gore is only a touchdown away from becoming only the 21st running back in NFL history to have 80 rushing touchdowns, and he knows that. The Bills know that. He's going to get every goal on carry over Singletary, even though I do like Singletary. I still like – I mean, Todd Gurley, like, he's not coming off the field, right? Todd Gurley this season has played 95% of the Rams snaps in only two games this year, and their Los Angeles combined scores in that game was 27 Rams – 89 to their opponents like he they lose by a bunch and he just stays on the field as they did against the Cowboys so even garbage time if you don't think game script is great against the Niners it doesn't matter because Gurley's gonna be out there every single snap oh man this I I think it's a really interesting three game slate a lot of the times when you look at these three game slates we go "Eh, okay it's fine I guess I need a I need to dig into Burkhead a little more that's the one I was kind of thinking and that's, that's that's super ugly I know but like that's the one I wanted to dive into a little more Hey, what do we say with Patriots running backs? Find the lowest stone, find the cheapest, roll the dice. And that is Rex Burkhead. So, all right, let's move on. Let's stick with the main slate or go back to the main slate. Give me a quarterback, Mr. Dagle. What you got? Now, I'm giving it to you first. That way Reeves can steal whatever stats you say this time. So I'm here for you, buddy. So, uh, Dagle, give me a quarterback. 
Not many stats, except we know Russell Wilson's going to be highly owned in this matchup. And I actually like Kyler Murray, especially after uh, a letdown game that Kenyon Drake stole all the touchdowns. Seattle ranks dead last in pressure rates. They had five starters leave that game and popped on the injury report, including three of their most important players, Michael Kendricks, Jadevian Clowney, and Shaq Griffin. Uh, it's just a tremendous spot for Kyler to bounce back, even though everyone was on him last week and his salary's gone up. Kenyon Drake ain't rushing for four touchdowns again. And so I like uh, Kyler Murray a lot to just respond. Why are you laughing? Nothing. It's just because I remember Kenyon Drake rushing for four touchdowns and me wanting to, you know, find a bridge. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was not fun. Not fun. I'm going to guess Reeves' guy. Is your guy Lord Reeves? Is it bad quarterback of the week? Is it the bad quarterback of the week? Is it somebody who played his college football at West Virginia? No, we could talk about him because he is so cheap. We can at least just talk about the situation. But I do have another bad quarterback. Of All right, the let's hear who is it. Well, we could talk about Will Greer for a second. All right, let's so, talk I mean, about Will Greer because yeah. he's let's talk about here are my here are my concerns with Will Greer, and it's what Talent. he does for the it's here's what he does it's what he does for the other guys that we've already been playing. Because you say what you want about Kyle Allen, and I've dumped on Kyle Allen to a large degree. I've but what he at least week. was, but what he at least done is we could count on two things every week. Chris McCaffrey and DJ Moore. He at least was functional enough to where we just count on those guys being smashes. Mm-hmm. Now we at least put in the, the realm of possibility that this guy, Will Greer, can ruin everything. We don't know. These guys might be foolproof just because the volume that DJ Moore is getting and the volume, the amount of snaps Chris McCaffrey is getting. But we don't know. Could it be a dumpster fire to the degree? Because this of guy, Kyle Allen was so bad, but they still never turned to Will Greer. So what does that say about <laughs> Will Greer? Kyle, Kyle Allen was really bad. I mean, that, since the bye week, Carolina was, has the worst turnover differential in the NFL. It just got to the point where they, they just said, well, all right, well, we might as well at least see what this guy's got. Um, he was rough in the preseason. He was one of the worst-grade quarterbacks in the preseason. He completed 55% of his passes, 6.3 yards per pass attempt. He had one of the highest sack rates in the NFL in the preseason. So, I mean, there's a chance here this this could get real rough. Uh, I would obviously no one's benching Christian McCaffrey, but at least it puts in a, a, a floor that we don't know exists that was never on our radar, uh, you know, before. What's What sucks is that recently, too, like the Colts, the past five, six weeks, they've been allowing huge touchdowns over the top. So it's like it really is kind of a good spot for DJ Moore, but also it's like the most volatile spot of week 16. Like it could blow up in your face like Bitcoin in a hurry. 4,300, though. I, know. I like Bitcoin, too. 4,300, 6,000. 4,300, that's the price of Bitcoin tomorrow, too. So. <laughs> Please don't tell me that. Please anything but that. Oh man, I look. I I, I mean, Will Greer and Cash. It kind of feels like it's a thing. It feels like it might end up being a thing. I, I mean, mean you Reeves, could build some good lineups. Up. Yeah, Reeves perked up. He got happy. My, I mean, but my other guy is for only forty seven hundred. Who is it? Haskins. Yeah, man, it's Dwayne okay. Haskins. Uh, you know, coming off of his best game of the year last week, he averaged nine point three yards per pass attempt, completed sixty eight percent of his passes. Uh, had his highest quarterback rating of the year. I mean, just now that was his first like really strong pop. He did hit against the Jets for 18 fantasy points too. I mean, he takes a step of faith still. Uh, but the Giants have a lot of QB one scoring week and seven consecutive quarterbacks in nine of their past ten games, including you know streaming types like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, you know, and Sam Darnold over that stretch. Uh, he has stacking partner potential, you know, with McLaurin because the Giants have a lot the most touchdowns to opposing wide receiver ones. 
Uh, so, I mean, you get a little bit of juice there. That game has, you know, a lot of stacking potential anyways. You can run it back with Saquon. You can run uh, Washington's defense is dirt cheap. Washington's defense leads the NFL in pressure right now. And with Daniel Jones coming back, fumble machine Daniel Jones, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, they're going to turn it over probably multiple times to the Giants. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stacking potential in that game as well as a ugly uh, you know, kind of a game stack as well outside of that Miami, you know, uh, Cincinnati game. Oh, that is gross. That is gross. All right, bring it. Dago, talk to me about a good running back. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to think about Dwayne Haskins anymore. I mean, DeAndre Washington, everyone's going to go there, but yeah. I, obviously you can run it back with Melvin Gordon as well. Melvin Gordon split time with Austin Eckler because he just got game scripted out of the game. Um, still had seven carries, but then matched Eckler in the passing game because they couldn't put him on the field for carries anymore. But Los Angeles' uh, regular season home finale, uh, possibly Phillip Rivers' last game as he still doesn't have a contract uh, in Los Angeles in particular, and then a Raiders team now who's missing their starting right tackle and their stud running back. Uh, it's just like game script. It couldn't be better. It couldn't be painted better for Melvin Gordon. So it's going to be a pretty easy plug-and-play on that side for him. Yeah, and you mentioned Dwayne Washington. I mean, just play him this week. Like, look, there's no Josh Jacobs. The match was good. Just play Dwayne Washington. There's no and his reason price, to And his price dropped like yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. It is, I mean, it, he's 4K and I think 56 on FanDuel. Yeah. Like, how, and, how do you get away from it? I mean, he had 96, 20 touches and 96, you know, uh, total yards a couple weeks ago against the Titans. Matt and they used him in, good, but, they used him coming yeah. from behind too. Like they used him in Jalen Richard's role when they were coming from behind. It's like this Washington's backfield. Yeah, right. absolutely. Reeves, give me a running back, buddy. I like the Gordon call too. He was actually benched last week. He lost the second fumble and they took him out. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was game script. Yeah, they actually put Justin Jackson in for a couple drives, and then they brought Melvin Gordon for last year. He lost the second fumble that really kind of iced the game, and uh, you know they they benched him. But you know he's he's a huge home favorite attached to a high team total against a terrible run D, and he had already has a good game. He had 133 total yards against the Raiders and a touchdown the last time they played. Uh, I like him. We're in a similar spot a couple weeks ago that we were with Devontae Freeman, and people wanted to play him a couple weeks ago, and I haven't really seen him get brought up yet. I mean, he's a home favorite. Uh, against the Jacksonville defense that's a lot, 118 rushing yards per game to running backs and nine rushing touchdowns over their past eight games. Uh, the one potential hang-up with Freeman is that since he's returned to the lineup, uh, he has none of the running back carries inside the five-yard line. Uh, so that's kind of a problem for him. Uh, I think we can go right back to Saquon. So we talked about it with Saquon last week. He had, he's not a guy that should be matchup dependent, but he has been so far this year. And, of course, he got over against another uh, you know, bad running team. He's now faced four teams in the bottom 10 uh, in terms of, uh, you know, points allowed to opposing backfields. Uh, Washington is 28th. We've just seen them allow 172 total yards to Miles Sanders. They allowed 192 yards to Aaron Jones the week before that. Uh, so, I mean, I think you can go back and pay up for him. Uh, and that's really about it because we covered it. I mean, everyone's going to play DeAndre Washington cash, and you can just kind of pick out who you want to play at the top guys uh, to go along with Joe Mixon. And I would say uh, <laughs> if you don't believe in Will Greer, obviously you just jam in Marlon Mack against the Panthers defense. That's what I, was, I was really just yeah. about to ask that. Why is nobody talking about Marlon Mack? 6.2K yeah. over on DraftKings. We've well, seen the Colts. What? Uh, no, I was going to say uh, they're probably not talking about him because of that performance. And quite honestly, since Jacoby Brissett came back from his ACL injury, he's been miserable. Like 
it wasn't just that Saints game. He's been absolutely terrible. Like, regression hit him in a hard way in passing touchdowns in particular. Uh, having said that, it doesn't matter. They could just lean on Marlon Mack for 20, 30 carries. So. We know that's what this team wants to do, yeah. and they, like, get up big. That's all they want to do. Yeah. Well, well, Mack came back, and he's faced, you know, two of the top five run Ds and also got scripted out of both games. I mean, he faced the Bucks, who we never want to play guys against, and the Saints, who we talked about with Derrick Henry earlier. You know, they've been a lot of 100-yard rusher in, you know, two and a half years. Uh, you know, so the struggles that he had the past two weeks, I think, I think the, the, the problem he is like the archetype of just running back. We talk about consistently on the show. I mean, this guy has two receptions this past six games played. Uh, play so, on if you don't, so if you don't get the, if you don't get the touchdown, I mean, he's not, he's not going to hit for you, uh, even with a hundred yard game. Let's That's see, the what's, only, like, what's the price on FanDuel? I'm pulling it I up think right he was now. 62 on DK is when I looked through. 73 he's, on FanDuel. Okay. That's a tough, that's, yeah. That's, see, that's, a, a, that's a, a hard pill, buddy. <laughs> well, that, I, mean, I mean, you can't play him in cash at that price because if he doesn't score, I mean, yeah, you're, you're getting screwed. 13, you're you're getting 13 yeah. points. He can rush for 125 yards and you're not. <laughs> but it is the Panthers, so he's probably going to score. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's the Panthers. He's definitely. I mean, yeah, people I mean, were talking true. themselves out of Chris Carson last week as the week went on, and I was just like, my head was exploding. I, I texted Reeves on Saturday night, and I was like, wait, there are people like not playing Chris Carson? He's like, man, some people, they just be crazy. I had a lot of Carson, and I had a lot of Lockett, but none on the same team. So that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, I also had a lot of Kyle Allen. So, hey, what are you going to do? I'm so glad that guy (laughs) got pinched. Oh, that's going to save you so much money. Every week I was playing that jerk. All right, uh, Reeves, real quick, give me a wide receiver that you're interested in. Uh, two guys, just super underpriced. Keenan Allen, just way underpriced. The t- he's back to getting you know stable volume. Matchup lines up. Uh, wide receiver twenty three on Fanduel, wide receiver nineteen on DK. Just just too cheap for that type of player. Uh, and then I think you know more as a GPP you know type of play, but still as upside as Cortland Sutton. Uh, he he seems to be. I don't know if there's an angry Cortland Sutton narrative, but he's really talked about how pissed he was they didn't make the Pro Bowl. Uh, but. Uh, the Lions are giving up uh, 4.7 pass plays of 20 or more yards per game. That's tied at the Raiders for the most in the league. So, I mean, it could be a Cortland Sutton, you know, bounce back five for two down weeks. Dale, who you got a wide receiver? I should say Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, just to bring yeah, this yes, one home. Yes, that's the but, one. But uh, it's Julio Jones. I'll just go right back. We talked about him last week. 51% target share in his first game without Calvin Ridley. Now against the Jags. And uh, his salary is still quite low on FanDuel in particular. Just a tremendous play. Corey Davis is going to have a big game. How's Interesting. That? How's that? Five point two k. That is a that is a crane special out the door. That's, that's uh, Corey Corey Davis right there. <laughs> I like me. Hey, look! If they're taking away AJ Brown and if they get down to the Saints, who put up a lot of points, who's getting the looks? Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith. Get out Anthony of here, Anthony Anthony. I got another F word for Anthony, but we're going to get <laughs> out of here on that note. Reeves, tell the people where they can find you, man. Sharp football analysis. Uh, you know, you can find the worksheet there. DFS content. We're going to be running playoff uh, packages. You know, for playoff, the props and fantasy is all going to be one playoff thing. So you're going to get fantasy content, DFS content for the playoffs, as well as all the playoff fantasy props uh, to go along with it. Daniel, where can the people find you? Rotoworld.com, Rotoworld Football Podcast. Go subscribe. And more importantly, Saturday morning, NBC Sports, Rotoworld, Twitch, and YouTube. We will be actually be on at noon Eastern to answer lineup questions and DFS and betting before the slate starts. So I'll see you then. And if you want to laugh at me in a suit, tune in. Oh, that's oh, you wear suits? 
I wear suits. Wait, but, do you, you know. do you still do the show from home or do you go? Uh, no, no, we, we do it from the studio. Do it from uh, the studio. Well, how big time are you? Man? Saturday just at noon. It's just a suit. It doesn't matter. Just so uh, I don't wear suits. I'm not big time, man. That's just how it is. That's uh, the better life. You have the better better life. Don't worry. <laughs> and also, I would uh, be remiss if I didn't remind people: Happy birthday plus two weeks, John Daigle. Appreciate you joining <laughs> us, buddy, on this historic day for you and merry christmas to everyone and merry, merry christmas, christmas everyone. Yeah. thursday we'll be back next week thursday not Tuesday. we will not be on next christmas you can no, you can tune christmas. in if you want but you're not gonna see us yeah that's your that's our christmas present to you guys but we gotta get out of here now thanks Stegel. thanks for joining me i'm eric thanks d train for producing we'll catch y'all later peace